From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R., welcome to Capital Notes. Hey, thanks for having me. So last week, GOP lawmakers began circulating legislation to clarify the exception in the state's 1849 abortion ban to save the life of the mother and to add exceptions for rape and incest during the first trimester. Governor Evers essentially said, I'm not signing that, and Democrats want a full repeal of the abortion ban. Can you give us the latest on that in the background? Well, it was fascinating to watch the leader in one house float a bill at 9 o'clock in the morning and have the leader in the other house basically kill it by shortly after lunch. I don't know the last time I saw that, but it underscores the box that Republicans have put themselves in on this issue. So Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, was part of the group uh, that proposed this bill. And part of what they're doing is they realize that politically, Republicans have an issue. Uh, we expected 2022 to be a good year for Republicans. You had a Democrat in the White House who was struggling in the polls. That usually means a big year for the other party. Uh, didn't happen. And abortion was a big reason why. I mean, Governor Evers ran that issue, hammered Tim Michaels on it, and it was successful. So Republicans, a lot of them know that, hey, they got to do something about that issue. You, however, you have another group of Republicans in both caucuses who have deeply held personal and religious beliefs that they don't want to allow exceptions for abortion. They, don't, they like the 1849 law the way it is. And so Republicans are struggling how to get past that. How do they figure out something to do? Um, and you saw it play out in how the bill was introduced. Um, they said they didn't know if they had enough votes in the Senate to pass it. Devin Lemahieu, the Senate Majority Leader, hours later said it's not coming up on the floor. And in between, both of the two largest anti-abortion groups in Wisconsin knocked the bill. So you have a, a party and a base that is fractured over this issue, and it is not helping them politically. And I, I'm not trying to weigh in on you know, what's right or wrong here morally. I'm just talking about the politics of it, right? And the politics are not good for Republicans, and they know it. And a lot of them do. There's a segment, though, that doesn't care and believe that this is the right way to go on this issue, and they don't want to, to tweak what's going on in the book since 1849. And for people who haven't really been following, what's the latest on where the lawsuits are? Because Attorney General Josh Call and Evers, I think, brought a lawsuit against yep. that 1849 ban. Yeah. That is still pending in uh, circuit court in Dane County. That's one interesting thing. You know, Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, suggested that he hoped that um, Democrats would support this bill to add exceptions because, you know, that, that is quite popular the public, right, to have exceptions for rape and incest. But Democrats have shown no indication that they want to back the lines because they want a full repeal of the 1849 ban. And two, that lawsuit um, to overturn the 173-year-old ban now, part of the reason that our argument that Call is making about why it should be overturned is that it is so old and enforceable and it hasn't been used in years. Uh, if you were to amend that statute, you would probably strengthen the case not to overturn that ban with the state Supreme Court, right? So I think that's part of... Another calculation for Democrats is they don't want to help Republicans out on this issue because they don't, again, they want the ban to be gone, period. Gotcha. Well, a colleague of mine was querying how exactly that exception would work anyway. Like, would someone have to be convicted of rape or incest in the first trimester? Because this, this exception would only last for the first trimester. There is, there is no mechanism that you have to report it or qualify for it. There's also why Wisconsin Right to Life, for example, raised concerns about the bill because in their minds, and they didn't really get into this in their statement, but they kind of hinted at it, 
if you have an exception for rape or incest but no reporting requirement, then you're basically creating a 12-week exception for everybody because not that I'm saying people would do this, but you would be able to say, this happened to me, ergo I qualify for this exception without having to prove it. And now the flip side is if you required people to file a report with police, you know, what, that, that's also politically very difficult, right? Because you would be putting people who've gone through a horrible trauma into the situation of having to prove the trauma to them. It, it, it's really, again, just a huge challenge for Republicans on this issue politically and how to approach it. So what other bills are you watching this legislative session? I know in Milwaukee, the city and county leadership is supporting bills that stiffen penalties for reckless driving. Has there been any movement on that, for instance? There is, there's been some, you know, it's moving in committee. It's interesting that the governor included some reckless driving stuff in his budget. We're seeing a bill move separately that's got, you know, some bipartisan support so far. It's interesting to watch how that plays out. Um, there are lots of things in the Capitol that they kind of are on the same, in the same chapter of the book, but the same page. So we know, for example, that both sides want to see more funding for local governments through shared revenue, the state aid that goes to help pay for everything from cops and firefighters, uh, the libraries. Uh, there's agreement that more should be sent. It's how to do it. Do you attach any strings to it? All those kinds of things are still up in the air, and they're, they're trying to work their way through those things. And their big debate is, do you put stuff in the budget or do it in a separate bill? Remember, governors have one of the strongest, uh, Wisconsin governors have one of the strongest veto pens in the country. If the bill spends money, they can use it to rewrite parts of you know, the bill, partial veto authority. If the bill does not spend money, it's an all, all up or down on the bill itself, right? So if you strike a deal with Evers, do you put it in the budget and risk that he might rework it? Or do you trust that you guys can reach an agreement that he won't rework it? If you put it in a separate bill, you know, you have the governors to be up or down. At the same time, it makes it harder sometimes to cobble together the, the coalition you need of lawmakers to pass a bill. It's really going to be fascinating to watch how they approach some of these issues where, again, they're in the same ballpark, just not quite in the same detail just yet. And do you know of things that have a real possibility of passing or versus what would be dead on arrival with Governor Evers' veto pen? Uh, good question. I mean, I think other than the reckless driving stuff, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, like even medicinal marijuana, for example, for years it was thought that Senate Republicans were the roadblock to medicinal marijuana, right? Uh, because they said they weren't going for it. But then Devin Lemayhew suggests the door was open and Robin Voss says, uh, I'm not sure we're there yet. So even there you have Democrats largely support medicinal marijuana. You want full legalization, but Republicans aren't quite there. It's going to be interesting to watch whether they get on the same page on some of those things. There's also a Republican bill that would require cops in schools that are experiencing high crime. Does that have any chances? The challenge there is part of the provision is you would have to have the governor reimburse schools with federal COVID-19 money. Remember, Governor Evers has sole authority to spend that money that came from these various pots of funds from the federal government. He has vetoed every effort by Republican lawmakers to tell him how to spend that money. So you're giving him a, an easy reason to veto it because he doesn't want you to tell him how to spend it. Also, he will argue that's all been allocated, not spent yet, but all allocated. There's nothing left over for these uh, priorities Republicans have laid out. Also, I think that local Milwaukee advocacy organizations are, are petitioning against that bill, especially those that represent black and brown youth in Milwaukee. Absolutely. There's also that issue of, you know, local control. And I think it's basically Madison and Milwaukee schools that voted to kind of end contracts with uh, SROs, student resource officers. So that's another thing. You're not going to, basically, if you see a bill that's a party line vote, it's probably not going to make it to the governor's veto pen. That's a pretty good gauge of rule of thumb this session.
Gotcha. Okay. Well, there are also several statewide referenda on the ballot, one having to do with conditions of release for criminal defendants, one having to do with cash bail for those accused of violent crimes, and another having to do with welfare. Can you talk about those, including the difference in the type of referenda? Sure. The constitutional amendment one would change the Constitution as a binding referendum about whether we should change bail policies in Wisconsin. The other one on whether able-bodied child adults should have to meet work requirements for public assistance is not, it's advisory. It's not going to require anything to happen if it passes. Um, largely, speak, you know, mostly people think they're going to pass. You know, what I'm watching is, will anybody spend money to try and help them pass? The second one, the advisory referendum on childless, able-bodied adults, that was all put there largely to drive conservative turnout in the Supreme Court race and the 8th Senate District Special Election in the Milwaukee suburbs. The question has always been, will anybody spend money to try and raise awareness about it? We saw a group actually register with the Ethics Commission, indicating it wants to support that referendum. So I'm watching to see what kind of spending they do. And more likely, it's going to target certain voters that um, Republicans hope will turn out for the Supreme Court race who might not otherwise be motivated. Is that the same with the cash bail and... um conditions of release referendum because of the Daryl Brooks criminal trial in Waukesha where he was out on $1,000 cash bail when he drove into the parade? It definitely is something that could, you know, it'd be a stronger tie, though, if Jennifer Doro were on the ballot rather than Daniel Kelly. So there's not a clear tie to the Supreme Court race that way. And I, I just haven't sensed anybody really spending money to promote that one at this point that would really have an impact on turnout. Are you hearing from lawyers or from people involved in the criminal justice system, criminal defense attorneys? Because this would really essentially make it, make it, what what those ref was those constitutional referendum do would make it so that judges could consider serious harm instead of serious bodily harm when it comes to how much cash bail to give someone or whether to release them out into the community. Yeah, but just look at the the, the political side of it. Nobody that I've seen so far is going to spend money to combat either of those two referendums. So minus that, who's driving a message these things are bad, right? So most voters who walk in the polls are going to go, oh, that seems okay to me. It's really, if you want to knock down an amendment, you have to have somebody spending money to oppose it. And we saw that. There was an amendment a few years back to try and limit the state treasurer's office, right? Um, there's a concerted effort to push back on that. Right now, the liberal side of the aisle has put all of its money into the Supreme Court race. That's where its attention is. And that's going to drive voters more than anything else in their minds. All right. Well, again, thanks for the insights, JR, and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Take care. That was JR Ross of WISPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Maayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.